So I'm in the frantic front entrance to the emergency room of San Francisco General Hospital. Warning bells going off. I nearly get taken out by a gurney slamming through the double doors. And Dr. Paul Lindy is recounting the scores of crazy stories, literally crazy stories that he has gathered as an ER psychiatrist. The schizophrenic homeless drunks who are ripe with bacteria. The smells are unbelievable. Stench foot. The fakers trying to get committed to avoid going to jail. You kind of get a sense that they're doing it for what we call secondary gain. And then he tells me about Sal Paletti. Mr. Paletti was not that imposing physically, but he was intense. He didn't talk. He had the Mets cap pulled down over his eyes. And right away, Dr. Lindy knew that this guy was off. He was very, very agitated when he came in my office, and I'd never seen this before, but he literally didn't say a word to me, and he was, he was up and around my office tapping on the walls all over, kind of systematically tapping on the walls. And I just, you know, I thought rather than say, what, you know, what are you doing? I just sat down and watched him because he wasn't doing much of anything else. And then finally, you know, he went all around my office and tapped all around and then he was sort of hyperventilating and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, this went on for, for several minutes and it didn't take long when I started talking to him. He said the reason that he was there is that his doctor thought he should be evaluated because he was thinking about killing his boss. He had had an elaborate plan to do so, and it was to use explosives. This was pre-internet days. He'd gone to the library and figured out how to make a car bomb, and he was going to do a radio-controlled car bomb. It's pretty chilling stuff. Four parts sugar, six parts potassium nitrate. Mix the iron with aluminum filings in a ratio of 75 percent. And I said, well, you know, I started to explore with him. Do you know what the consequences are if, if you get caught? And he said, well, of course, I go to jail. You know, or I go to prison. And he said, if I went to prison, I would commit suicide. Whoops, you better come this way. And then he said, now wait a second. If I get caught, the only other person who knows about this right now is you. So that means I might have to take you with me. And they proceeded to tell me all about his plans and who he was planning to kill. And then I had to decide whether to perform a Tarasoff warning. Foster, a Tarasoff warning. A Tarasov warning is unfortunately named after Tatiana Tarasov, a woman who was actually a UC Berkeley student. Well, in 1968, she met an Indian man named Prozenjit Podar, and they became friends and dated a little bit. He wanted a more intimate relationship with Tatiana, but when she refused, he began to resent her, stalk her, and eventually, he had a complete emotional breakdown and sought psychological counseling. While in therapy, he admitted to his psychologist that he wanted to kill Tatiana Tarasov. His doctor had the police detain Podar, stating that in his opinion, Podar was suffering from severe paranoid schizophrenia and recommended that he be committed as a dangerous person. Podar's condition seemed to improve, and he was later released, and he stopped seeing his psychologist. But here's the thing. Even though the police were brought in, no one warned Tatiana Tarasov or her family. At that time, confidentiality was such that you couldn't break it. Tatiana was away in South America for a while, and while she was gone, her stalker became friends with her brother and moved in with him. The brother knew nothing about any of this. And after she got back from her summer vacation, Prozenjit Podar stabbed Tatiana Tarasov to death with a kitchen knife. A civil lawsuit followed, and the Supreme Court decided that mental health professionals are obligated to warn not just the police, but also potential victims if they believe a patient will carry out their threat. 
So since then, we're now more or less obligated to contact an intended victim if someone says they're planning to kill someone else. So I had a real-life, real-time example of this. Now ER psychiatrists use the word Tarasov as a verb. It means to warn a potential victim that some crazy guy has threatened to kill them. Whether or not to take these threats seriously is up to the psychologist. And for Dr. Paul Lindy at SF General, he had to decide if this twitchy, wall-knocking, would-be car bomber would actually go through with blowing up his boss. I elected to not do it. Um, I think nowadays I probably would do it. Um, But I elected not to do it because I thought I would drive him away and he wouldn't come back. Mr. Paletti's boss never knew what could have happened to him got him on some medications. He agreed to go to a group. He agreed to come back and see me. He agreed to get rid of all of his stuff, his bomb-making materials and everything. And and he had calmed down considerably by then, um, so I wasn't that worried. And so I ended up, you know, had him leave my office and have him come back early next, the week after. And then I get advice from three different psychiatrists because I was freaked out about the case and basically got sort of three different opinions. Here's an old joke. The only way you can get two psychologists to agree is to agree that the third one is wrong. So he came back the next week and um, he had done what he said he was going to do. He looked a lot better. He'd gotten rid of his stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So he got got rid of his materials. He was. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I figure if he was going to try to pull the wool over my eyes, he just wouldn't have come back. And I, that, I might, that's making an assumption, but, you know. Um, and it's funny, I think, and maybe I'm over-calling the whole situation, but I think he was relieved that he wasn't actually going to do it. But, yeah, if he wanted to con me and, and mess with me, he certainly he could have. But then he told me what he was doing when he was tapping the walls. And he said when he was planning to come in the office he was planning to trash the office so he was planning to punch in all my walls um, and he was looking to see where the studs were so he could punch the sheetrock in between the studs so. so he wouldn't hurt his hand so he wouldn't hurt his hand has that ever come up after I mean is that a really rare thing in your line no I'm, I would venture to say um, we probably do three or four a week in psych emergency at least. Do a Tarasoff warning yeah. three or four times yeah, a week. I, mean, I don't personally do that many, but I'm sure it's a few a week. So it's not that rare. Yeah, I'm, you know, people are out there who are, you know, threatening to kill other people. So, um, wow. yeah. Who, who makes those phone calls? What, what, do you, what do you say? Well, it's you. It's the nurse or the psychiatrist, depending. You'll actually make the call. And I've made a handful of these calls where you're calling someone to say, yeah, this is Dr. Lindy from San Francisco General Hospital. I'm calling from Psych Emergency, and are you Mr. So-and-so? Yes. Well, I'm calling to let you know that, you know, Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so has had thoughts of killing you and how they would do it. It's amazing how often that they, honest to God, even laugh and say, he's threatened to kill me 50 times and he hasn't done it yet. It's unusual where it's like they had no idea. And wouldn't that be creepy to be on the other end of that phone call, right? You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.